Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, we're going to get started. Our final Bud Light Blue Friday is at Twin Peaks. We're on the northeast side in Castleton, I-69, 82nd Street. We've got Texans Colts tickets to give away for that regular season finale, which is coming up on Sunday. We're going to dive into a lot of this stuff as well. I'm looking for you because we want to make sure we go out with a bang on this particular Friday. Friday here. We've got the ice cold Bud Light over here for us in just a bit. Have a good time with that. And I also want you to keep in mind, I have been told that we are off at 6.30, which means with this show, I'm off at 5.30 because of Colts Happy Hour. So if you want to get in here, join us. Great. If you want to get in on the phones, fantastic or ever. Other means in which you would want to join the show. We would love to have you. We've got IU Iowa from last night. You've got to, James, get me that awesome Mike Woodson sound. Now, the game wasn't awesome. Uh, the the down-the-stretch dealing with a zone, which we've seen before in the past, wasn't awesome. Uh, the in-game the situation, I wanted to see, I wanted to see the, the silver-haired nut Kind of go out there and fight last night. I thought we were going to see that. And then Mike Woodson's comments about said silver-haired nut last night in Fran McCaffrey after the game. We'll get into that coming up. Purdue and Fletcher Lawyer with the game winner. That was awesome yesterday over to Ohio State. And you've got the Pacers coming up later on tonight. Blue and gold in Portland at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. A little bit of payback maybe for the Pacers in mind. Remember a month ago, that 16-point loss on the road in Portland, that was a part of that seven-game Western road swing. And the Pacers try to get a little get-back coming up later on tonight. You can't see him right now. I could probably slide the camera over so you can a little bit right here. Maybe we'll try to do so unless he doesn't want me to. There he is sitting right there. That's Chris Hagan of Fox 59. If you're watching via YouTube Live or however you're being entertained by us, here he is. Hagan's in the house. Hagan, hello. You guys set me up for failure here because, like, there's one big spotlight coming down. There it is. You guys are in the shadows. You, um, the less light, the better on me. I'm you're almost shorts. transparent I'm right translucent. There. Is that so what it is, translucent or transparent? I think it's translucent. Yeah, what whatever. Trans- yeah, whatever. Let me tell you what. I know we're going to delve into all this a little bit more. I know, yeah. you, I know you love watching basketball. I love it. Man, out of the top 25 games last night, there were, like, four of them that were – 
one possession games. Right. I don't know if you were watching Gonzaga at yep. San, San Francisco. Did you see that guy that was like our age on the baseline? Yeah, yep. <laughs> he went nuts <laughs> at the end of the game. Yeah, I love it. I'm yeah. like, well, that, and, and that's their <laughs> annual opportunity at San Francisco yeah. to take down Gonzaga in the WCC. And Bolton, Bolton had that uh, and won down the stretch that, there, and that was that's, the difference. Uh, their national championship game. I know you're up late like yeah. me watching something. Yeah, they saw it. They didn't show the replay. Um, but he's like our age. He's sitting baseline, and he was dropping uh, all type of expletives <laughs> at a at a 20 year old kid. I'm like, somebody's got to get him out of here. But yeah, uh, excitement for for Purdue that that big shot for the win, and then. IU man, you up up three touchdowns. And you are that just unbelievable. And then it, it just it, it, remember how we used to talk about in that Syracuse matchup zone game of Tom Crean years ago in the Sweet Sixteen, and how IU didn't respond well to that. And then you have Connor McCaffrey after the game last night say, and I'm paraphrasing here, it didn't seem like the IU coaches knew how to handle our zone. Um, that's after Mike Woodson and Fran McCaffrey. Um, I shouldn't say those two almost got into it. Fran, like we we have we've witnessed um we've witnessed somebody on the sideline that is demonstrative, right? But Fran's a little bit different. Fran just looks really calm and then all of a sudden his face turns purple and he just explodes. He's like a volcano, well, this an is, eruption. I, I my first interaction with him they, he was coaching at Siena, and they were playing Purdue. Yeah. And I don't remember where the site was because I've been to so many, but the media seats, we were right behind their bench, and it's like the first time out, and he, you could hear what he's saying to the team, and, and apparently he doesn't like how Purdue's playing or the refs are calling the game, and so he, he was like that. He was totally calm. He goes, they want to play dirty? And he smacked his clipboard or his board there, and he goes, we're going to play effing dirty, but he didn't say effing. And I, so the rest of the game, I'm like, at first I was upset I wasn't behind the Purdue bench to hear all that, but I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to see this guy lose his bad word the rest of this game, and that's what he did. And I was like, well, this I'll never get to see this again. This is great. He's some goofball at Siena, but since then, you know, we've gotten yeah. to see him year in, year out, and there's always a, a couple or three incidents like that per season, and it was it was great to see one last what? night. A couple of them involved yeah, a couple in the, of against them. IU. Yeah. The, the first one, they were down 21. He was throwing a sideline fit. He looked like <laughs> like George Costanza whenever he, uh, when they remember they nicknamed him Coco, Coco yeah. when he wanted to be T-Bone. He was, he was ah, Coco the monkey. He's like flailing away and arm are going and stuff and he's all up all up on his guys his, his guys kind of like going hey wait a minute <laughs> can you chill out just a little bit here and uh probably knowing that iu in typical iu fashion would let them right back in the game which they well did. you know we've he, he's not an armor i wonder what it's like i'd like to talk to some uh, reporters out there and see like they might say oh he's the nicest oh, guy to deal yeah. with he's so great He'll, but something happens and you know i, I just imagine being one of his sons and one of his sons taking a little, a little mental health yes, leave right now. Patrick. Then you McCaffrey. see the dad, and you're like, I wonder why. I wonder what led to that. I, uh, he reminds me of when you watch the old school Incredible Hulk and Bill Bixby's out there trying to fix that tire in the thunderstorm, <laughs> and he hurts his hand on the crowbar. <laughs> that's exactly, that's kind of like Fran McCaffrey. That's what happens. Just, he, he said, Coach Woodson, <laughs> don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm telling you, when he walked over, to the scores table for whatever reason to approach the officials and I use bench because I guess I use assistants were talking to the officials. He looked like the dude in scanners. 
Oh, wait a minute. His head's going to pop off here in a minute. Well, obviously, he, he didn't like that the guy was, like, talking to the ref and was, yeah. had his hands on the ref, and he was like, you know, well, what's this guy? Like, why is he the one talking to the ref? And then the guy's like, what do you care? And then it turned into Did that. we know who they teed up? Who did they? Did they tee up McCaffrey and then take it back? Or who did they, they tee up? They teed up. It looked like they teed up McCaffrey. They, 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 there was a tee. I don't know what they And then thought, well, wait a minute. If we tee him up here, he's going to be gone because right, he already right. has one. And then they, I, the people have been saying taking it back or rescinded it or whatever. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Have you ever seen a, a technical be called? The, uh, and then, the, oh, uh, hold on a minute. No, I don't think so. They're just kidding. No, sorry. Not, My bad. You know what? You weren't that big of an a-hole. Everything's okay. And you know no what? tea that, here. That goes into it, too. The referees know, like, when a star player has four fouls, I think that's in their head. And they know, well, if that's, that's it for him <laughs> if I call it. And actually, you remember if there was a, a brief time when Shaquille was at LSU. Yeah. There was a season where they changed the rule to have six fouls. Because he was fouling out so much. So they made it six six fouls. So they're aware of who's fouling out when. And and I think that's the case there. Like, hey, tee him up way, way. He's gone if we do this in a close game. And that that's not going to be good. That was absolutely – that was fantastic. I thought it was last night. That was, that was great theater. And listen, he should have been teed up. Mike Woodson did have every right to be angry afterwards. And I love this too. James, tell me when you get to sound. Because I, I think the morning show had it. And they probably have already edited it, but it was fantastic because he starts when asked about that incident with the, you know, I really don't want to get into it. And then it took him like a half a second to BS, 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 cuss, cuss, cuss. <laughs> and he really wanted to get into it. Now, to me, while we laugh about that and we enjoy that aspect of that game in Iowa City last night, it is still beyond disappointing that with this IU team, you see the same stuff over and over and over. And evidently, it's something that this coaching staff finds difficulty in figuring it out. You always think that the, maybe they're going to get past it. But there was not a Hoosier fan out there anywhere that thought or felt comfortable with that 21-point lead. You all thought that Iowa would come back. And that game would be hanging in the balance. And, I mean, it did. You combine that with the news regarding Race Thompson. You see that injury. That, that was pretty bad. And this is, um, yeah, this team just makes the same errors in the same ways that cost them like this in a game that you should have won. That you yeah, should have won on the road. And, you know, that Iowa team's not that great either. I mean, it's not that they lost at home to Eastern Illinois earlier in the season. So that was a game. Yeah, that's, I that think that really was their, first, see that was their first conference win, I believe, for Iowa. It's like in the NBA, you're used to seeing big leads disappear. But in college, you can't have that. And in college, and I, like people already know this, but, you know, in the NBA, you can have games like that because it's a, such a long season. But in, in college basketball, losses like that, they, they affect the resume, they affect the net. Like the, these kind of things are things you have to put away and you have to win. And like you said, we've seen it before. And that's, that's not good news for Hoosier Nation because there are going to be a lot of games like this that you have to close out in games you have to win, especially when you can collect a road conference win against a team that's been struggling. You just have to put those away, especially when you build up, as we said, a 28-7 to lead. And still, even though that disappeared, you know, you're up 10 at the half. Go ahead and finish that deal. Go out there and handle your business. Well, and also you look at an Iowa team that's ripe. That's absolutely ripe. 
Like, like Purdue, you're going to look back if you're the Boilermakers. You're going to look back at that win. Sorry about that. That's always me. I can never hit anything. Look back at that Ohio State win. You're going to go, wow, because Ohio State was knocking down shots. Ohio State was looking good. And the Boilers just kind of hung around. And this is one thing that the game managing of Matt Painter at the end of that game. And I know a lot of people get sick and tired of us talking about Matt Painter. But I bring it up because it's legit and you saw it last night when – when they stole that, that pass after it was inbounded, when they were putting on the press, got the ball back, you could see, and this was just something that occurred to me in watching it, you could see Matt Painter on the sideline in the camera shot, and it was Morton that stole it. And you thought that maybe Morton had an opportunity to go in and try to put two on the board or at least get himself to the free throw line. And Edie was on the bench. So then when Morton decided to go ahead and bring it back out and reset, that is when Matt called the timeout to make sure he had all the guys in there that he wanted. And and down the stretch, he just handled a lot of things right. That was a tough game against a tough team, even without Zed Key, who was injured back in the first half. Boilermaker fans are going to look back at that, Chris, as a really good, a really nice win of the Big Ten especially when you think about coming off a loss. And then if, you know, you start off undefeated, number one in the nation, if you go back-to-back losses, that kind of gets in your head a little bit. But, to, I mean, I think that completely reboots them. Edie with the great kick out. And you know they've got some young talent on that Boilermaker squad. But to have a guy like Lawyer step up and say, I'm going to knock down this huge three like, like I've been doing it for four years or something here, uh, that's that, that confidence you have in young guys – Already they've, they've built up that, you know, through the, the early portion of the season. But to go on the road and beat a ranked squad, however they may be, I mean, that, that just that builds the confidence. Whereas you see IU lose a game like that, the, the mental state of both teams, you know, some teams find a way to win. Sometimes a team finds a way to lose. And, and that's what went down with, uh, with the Hoosiers last night. Yeah, the thing that uh, occurred to me with Fletcher Lawyer in mind was he did not have a good first half. He did not start in the second half. He's a freshman, and I know that ideally you would probably want to have um, your freshman talented shooter and player to be much more mature than some knucklehead like me when I were 18 or 19 years old. But the fact that he didn't go away, he hung with it. There was no pouting going on. He got back out there and had, you know, the, the wherewithal to step up in that situation on what had been a bad night and stroke that three as the game winner when they needed it. That shows a great deal, I think, of maturation with him. He's talented. We know that maturation. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, a great deal of maturation with, with him. And, again, that was as solid a win as you're going to see, especially on the road for the Boilermakers, because they looked ripe to go down. Ohio State was just stroking it, stroking it, stroking it from distance, from inside the line. Everything was seemingly working. But Purdue hung in there. Purdue would get down nine. Purdue would score maybe five straight. Purdue got down 12. You know, they would score nine straight. They just just kept hanging around and hanging around and made more plays and really executed better than Ohio State down the stretch. That's big time. How about Edie? You know, he, he waits for the, the double, kicks yeah. it right out. I mean, that you're on the sideline. You're like, okay, they're probably going to double you. They're, and Edie, you know, he could try to turn and, and go with that sky hook again, which is deadly. But he, he has court awareness. There's lawyer waiting for it. 
if he misses it, you're not going to say, wow, I can't believe he missed it. But to, to knock it down like that, and that's going to help him down the stretch. That's going to help them in the half-court game down the stretch. When, you know, when you're setting that half-court defense up in a, in a late-game situation, if you're the opposing team, you're going to have to take that into consideration now. You can't, you can't just go all out on Edie because if he has guys out there that are going to knock down shots like that, that frees up the inside a little bit too. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, will talk about that IU game from last night as well. Both he and Eric and a friend of this show, our former engineer, Jake Robinson, had front row seats to the McCaffrey and IU bench situation last night. We'll talk uh, to Don about that coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour as well. So, Chris Sagan, JMV, Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. You can join us at Twin Peaks, 82nd and I-69. We would love to see you here. We're going to be giving away Texans Colts tickets coming up a little bit later on and a lot more. And the ice cold Bud Light will be flowing today. So, what do you think about the measures in which the NFL, Chris, are taking um, to try to keep this as fair as possible? The potential coin flip within the AFC North between the Ravens and the Bengals, kind of like Friday Night Lights, the potential of an AFC title game here if, you know, the chips fall as far as Kansas City and Buffalo is concerned. What do you think about the measures the NFL has taken? And also the good news on DeMar Hamlin that just continues to thankfully flow out of Cincinnati. All right, first and foremost, I want to be – a million percent clear on this. Yes. Before we talk about canceled games and playoffs, the number one thing overall is Hamlin and and his recovery. So I don't want anybody to think, well, how could you be talking about games? That's not what we're doing. We're so excited and happy to see the strides he's made so far. Now he's able to talk. The breathing tube has been removed. That's awesome. And it goes back to, I've been to thousands of games, pro games, and you always see like the the ambulance there and the paramedics there and like they, they never are called into duty. They're always sitting there and it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. Like they're, they're paying these guys just to stand around. It's all because of the time you need them there and yes. the, the quick action. Yes. I mean, literally saved his life. If, if yes. that happens right here to me or you, we're dead. I mean, I would try to give you mouth to mouth if needed, John, just so you know that. Uh, Appreciate it. It would be that the fact that they were there and yeah. trained and ready saved his life. That's the number one thing. Having said that, billion-dollar business, billion-dollar industry, the games, they will go on. In fact, the first thing he writes down is, did we win? And I'm sure he's going to say, what do, I, do I still get my game check for this? What, you didn't play the game? Uh, he, he's a football player. So games moving forward. If that game, we, we, had, we had complained about so many craptastic uh, primetime games. Uh, if, if that's Colts-Broncos and they can't finish the game, who cares? That's a game with implications in division races and, you know, a bye, a number one seed. So many things went into that game. So I think you have to do something to try to, like, uh, balance it back out. Because the Bills are saying, well, we think we were going to win that game. The Bengals are saying, we, we had the lead. We were at home. We're going to win that game. And then Kansas City, do you, re- do you reward them for just sitting there and not doing anything? So I think you have to do something where let's see how these games play out this weekend. And if it turns out we still don't know who would have been – you know, the champion or the number one seed. Or, you can't let that a team get rewarded that shouldn't have been. So I'm all for it. And you know I love Indy. Indy can do things like nobody else in the sporting world. You know, Indiana hosted every single game in an NCAA tournament. I don't see any reason why they couldn't throw up, throw this thing into action and throw an AFC championship game here. 
I just want to make sure John and I get credentialed so we can go watch that for free. But uh, yeah, I think you got to do something. And like the, these people that run the NFL, they, you know, Goodell and his, uh, his folks, they get booed and ridiculed a lot, but they know what they're doing. And I think that's an equitable way. Let's see how the games play out this weekend. But I don't think you could have, you know, you could just say, okay, well, the, the Chiefs are the number one seed. They get to go play that in Arrowhead. And that's a huge advantage. And if it's not one that's been uh, – readily earned, I don't think you can give that to him. So Chris Hagan of Fox 59 JMV here, Bud Light Blue Friday, Twin Peaks in Castleton. Yeah, you go ahead and just bug out early, man. Nobody's really going to miss you. Just go ahead and leave work early, come out here, get an ice cold Bud Light with us, have a little conversation going, have a good time to lead in to this weekend, the final regular season weekend of the NFL. And that takes us to the Colts. You think any team in the NFL wants to lose more than the Texans on Sunday? Yeah, they could. They have, as it is, they have that number one seed. But if the Bears lose, which yeah. they very easily could, you give that up. But do you want the number one pick because you want to use it or because you want to have that? that uh, well, the, yeah, the Bears want to the, leverage. The bargaining chip. Yeah, yeah the, the Bears want to leverage. Because you, you think about, it always goes back to who has what. And sometimes, you could, you know, you could say, the Texans say, well, we're the number two seed. We're fine. Well, no, no, because oh, the Bears have their quarterback. Well, that doesn't mean the Bears aren't going to get a king's ransom and give away that one pick, and now you don't, get, you don't get Bryce Young or whoever it is you have your eyes on. And then you have the weird thing, what was it, in the, uh, the 18 draft where out of nowhere, here come the, the Browns, and they, they want Baker Mayfield, which people are like, what are you doing? So you don't, you don't know what teams are doing. You don't know just because Mel Kuyper has his big board this way doesn't mean there's a team that has it a different way. So it is very interesting. And no team will ever come out and say, we want to lose this game. We want to lose this game. I mean, look, look at the Colts. I mean, do you, w- w- would you want your division rival to get that number one pick uh, and hurt maybe your status? I think the, the highest the Colts can go are three, uh, three. The lowest they can go is six. So a lot in play here. But if you remember back in, I talk about this a lot, back in 2011, the Colts and Jaguars were playing in the, the final regular season game. If the Colts uh, won that game, they wouldn't have had the number one pick and gotten luck. That would have yeah. been Washington. And the Jaguars could have very easily said, you know what, Colts, you go ahead and win this game. Colts led in that game. Jaguars ultimately won. So that tells you the kind of the mentality of uh, what we have for a uh, precedent as far as teams uh, tanking, I think the guys in the field don't care about the draft stock because they're worried about their job and what they put on tape. But the coaches can have a say in that as far as who they put on the field. Let me tell you this, and I've heard a lot of that, you know, worried about what they put on tape, and that's what their concern is, putting, you know, their best work on tape. Then what the hell are the Colts been doing? Do they understand what type of work they've been putting on tape here? Do they know that tape's been rolling? Are they aware of this? I, I think they are very much aware and now, look, you make a joke about that, but I, I I'm just say, curious because, yeah, I that tape's say, not good. I would tell you to go say that, make that comment to Zaire Franklin's face and see how quickly you were still upright because that guy cares. You think about he's going to knock me out if I say he's I, not I, going anywhere. I don't, I don't think he'd punch you, but I think he's he, not going anywhere. I think he would look at you and you would cower and you would you would go, OK, I'm sorry. No, because those are professional guys in there. DeForest Buckner, those guys, they're not out there half assing it. They're out there playing. And you know, there's. I been, didn't say anything about half-assing it. I said it, that's not what you, you said would they want put on tape. Crap on tape, and they, you said, they've crap. It's and you crap. said you hate the Colts, and I've heard yeah. that for years. <laughs> yeah. that's what somebody's tweeting right now. Yes. JMV hates the Colts. Yes. No, I'm saying that 
those guys are aware. You don't think those guys are embarrassed about that record? You don't think those guys are, are shocked that that's how this has gone down? That's a prideful – anybody in the NFL is a prideful player, and they're not happy about it, and they're going to go out there and try to send this thing out on a winning note. But you look at the roster you're putting out there, uh, all the, the key pieces you thought you were going to have, you've got nothing from Shaquille Leonard. Uh, Kenny Moore, last year, a pro bowler, he's, he's uh, on the IR. You've gone – you know, you've – You've had you've had musical chairs at quarterback. And you, you, and you chose the, a veteran quarterback that can't yeah, throw it over none, twenty yards. None have delivered. Can't uh, escape from a Jonathan, bad offensive Jonathan line. Taylor, a disastrous season to, for the, both the Colts and for my fantasy team. The the offensive line has been terrible. Like there's not one thing. I mean, you have a different place kicker than you did at the start of the season. Your punter never played a game because he got hurt. Every aspect of this game, offense, defense, and special teams, has just been horrible. Not the results you wanted. I know your guy, Naheem Hines, he's, he's going to go to the playoffs. Uh, so many well, critical he's pieces. He's not playing very much either, yeah. is he? He's not getting much run. So, so many. Yep. I know he scored a touchdown, though. He did his little backflip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many critical pieces that you expected to, to deliver. And let's not forget, oh, by the way, there's a new head coach, a new guy calling the plays. If you went back to the when we we're out there at training camp, chatting it up at training camp, and I'm getting sunburned, and you look at that team and the expectation, and then the coaching staff and roster and what they've actually done, I would say you'll find a hard time finding a, a more vast contrast between one to the other, except, of course, going back to that 2011 season when uh, Peyton was out the whole time. But we kind of expected that. We knew he was banged up. No one expected this horrible season when you think Vegas had him won in 10 games and they were the odds-on favorite to win the AFC South. Well, I mean, Vegas also had the Pacers winning 22 and a half, 22 and, a half and they're blowing past that. But we're just going by the product. And – I want to hit a break and come back. Bob Lovell's going to join us on the other side as well. Should this be the final regular season game for Chris Ballard as general manager? With a couple of years remaining on a contract, no doubt about that, more than a couple of years, in fact, on a contract. But should Jim Irsay be looking in a different direction, much like he has been as head coach, much like I'm assuming they will once they go out there and start interviewing guys again? Is there t- – oh, well, look what's here. Is there time – for a change. Get back to that on the other side, right, too. Right. Chris Hagan's over there at Fox 59. The ice-cold Bud Light has been delivered. Thank you very much. We're all feeling really good about that. Look, they put that right. She did that right. Right in the camera shot right there, too. <laughs> I think that covers up your legs. Thank goodness. What's happening with those legs over that, there? That's, she did that on purpose. Yeah. I thought about shaving them. You know, what do you think? Yeah. That Something look, needs to occur there. You ever seen an old man? He has no hair in his legs, and you're like, you shave your legs? He's like, no, why? It just falls out, right? <laughs> so take it to 59, JMV here, Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. Got to get here to get yourself some tickets. At the very least, just go hang out at the game, have a good time. Maybe take somebody who doesn't necessarily get to go often to the game coming up on Sunday. We'll jump back to more of that Colts conversation. And I know a lot of you, before we hit this break, wanted to hear the Mike Woodson sound after the game, we'll play that coming up a little bit later on. I'm not going to do that right now. We'll reset that a little bit later on with what Mike Woodson had to say last night after the game regarding Fran McCaffrey, the silver fox being over there, all purple, ready to go toward the end of that game, getting teed up and then having the uh, tee be rescinded, brought back, however you want to describe it. We'll get you that sound coming up a little bit later on. I mentioned Bob Lovell's going to join us. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour, 4 o'clock wise. And then Don Fisher's going to be here, voice of the Hoosiers in the five. Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday. Chris, John, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. There it is. I thought he wasn't wasn't going to comment on it. I'm not going to comment it, but guess what? They didn't blah, 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 blah. (laughs) You know, I I, I really, yeah, that's, uh, that's good. That's Mike Woodson right there from last night regarding Fran McCaffrey, the silver fox, all purpled up and ready to go well, right if there. You're, if you're a – if you've reached head coach status at a Big Ten school or a major, you know, anywhere, you're an alpha dog. You're yeah. – you know, and so it's not unusual. I'm, I'm surprised you don't see more uh, coaches going nose to nose because in, in football – you know, you're you're way across the field. Well, hell, in, I didn't mind it though. In baseball, yeah. yeah. In baseball, you're in opposite dugouts. So, but in basketball, when those guys start walking, they're not far from each other. You can hear what the other one's saying, and so I'm I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. And, and I'm I'm here for it. Me too. I was I was right there. I thought, all right, let's let's get it going here. <laughs> Look better than the IU offense in the second half, right here. That's something. Boy, you got to figure that out. Um, and it just kind of seems like you're already down Xavier Johnson and now race Thompson. We'll see where that is. And, um, I thought hood Shafino played really well last night, had 21 knocked down some threes. Uh, one of those final possessions that were drawn up when it had him going to the basket was a little, a little odd there too, but, uh, trace goes for 30, not enough. And uh, Chris Murray, by the he way, went for 30, 30 as well. and 10. Yeah. yeah, he went for 30 it, it and It also 10. shows you and, and how important free throw shooting is. I mean, uh, Iowa knocks down free throws. Some teams, you know, yeah. can't make free throws. And just, I, just because I'm wearing my Mississippi State sweatshirt, uh, earlier this week against Alabama, they missed 18 free throws. 18 for 36. They had a starter who went three for 15. And that's not how you win ball games, and that's why uh, you th- it seems so simple. But in games, like I believe the last what 10, 11 points that Iowa scored was all from the free throw line. They were didn't have, uh, to, make, didn't have to make a field goal. And now you missed some too. Yeah, uh, Trace missed a couple there down the stretch, and yeah, you, you got to make them. You do. That was a game where you're going to look back. As much as I say that Purdue's going to look back and go, "Wow, that was a really good win at Ohio State." IU's going to look back at that and say, "Wow, look what slipped through our fingers in Iowa City because it was." Right there. Is Bob ready, James? Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, our good friend from Indiana Sports Talk. Tonight, tomorrow night, catch it. Network Indiana affiliation. All the stations around the state. It is Bob Lovell and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, brought to you by our 14 Central Indiana Car X locations. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you and Chris doing? We're great. Would you tell your kids back in the day, you got to hit your free throws? You gotta hit your free throws. <laughs> well, I think anybody who's ever touched a ball understands it, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just one of those one of those things where uh, it's called a free throw. Uh, you're there because you made your opponents make a mistake of some kind, 
and you don't get things you know that often. It's not easy to score, and so when you get the uh, opportunity, you need to take advantage of it. And that's one of those easier said than done kind of things. But uh, yeah, you you absolutely win and lose games oftentimes by what you do or don't do at the free throw line. All of us know it. Doesn't take someone who grew up in Indiana to understand it. Everybody knows it, and that's what makes it frustrating. And it's, and I'm sure there are people out there saying, "Well, don't they work on free throws?" Well, yeah, they work on them every day, and coaches are coaching them every day and talking about it. It's not just like, "Hey, you go into your team and yell at them and say, start making free throws." There's a little more to coaching than just that. Um, it's a mental thing with most people, and so. You know how it is. Not everyone has that uh, um, assassin skill that you had at Eastern Green that you're going <laughs> to knock them down no matter what. Nobody, feeling, not everyone has that opportunity. Feeling good about that. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. Plus, yeah, if you're Mike Woodson and IU, you may want to work on a, a little bit better zone offense concept and not get called out by – the opposing coach's son who was on the floor last night after the game regarding how that went down. But I did want to ask you this as a former coach, is there uh, an unwritten written etiquette on assistant coaches conversing with game officials and, you know, a particular space for head coaches talking to referees and something obviously that it, it looks like Fran McCaffrey initially last night, late in the first half or second half, uh, took exception to, and certainly Mike Woodson did, and his staff did, and Mike Woodson alluded to it after the game. Is there protocol etiquette that the coaches go through oh, yeah. here? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Coach to coach, coach to official. Officials uh, will very easily tell you, "Hey, I'll take all kinds of abuse from the head coach." I will not listen to word one from an assistant. And, um, look, I've had uh, more than once in my career a few years ago, I uh, had problems with my opponent's coach uh, on the sidelines. And uh, I would, I'm not proud, but more than once uh, threatened to knock the other guy out if he didn't shut, you know, what up. And so, yeah, I mean, I've been through it. It's not much fun, uh, and that's why you have assistants on the bench telling, uh, grabbing you, and making you stand where you need to be. Uh, and I think you know, it's a, a, it is a, a a protocol between coaches. You coach your team, I'll coach mine. That's your end. Stay there, and if you don't, then we're going to have a problem. So, yeah, I'm not at all surprised. I would think so about uh, 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 talking, John. I'm sorry, talking yeah. about things like no, you need to ahead. do. I, I would, I would think you might want to start uh, by guarding somebody. I mean, I, I would, I, right there, I think uh, your biggest problem, you know, missed free throws aside, injuries aside, how about you guard somebody? You won't win on the road if you don't, and they're not winning on the road. So focus on – and they used – you know, I'm, they're a decent defensive team. Didn't look like it at all last night. Well, and a little bit of something about IU, and this has been their problem for a number of years that certainly is a precursor – to uh, the uh, last year and now almost a year and a half since Mike Woodson has taken over is they can be strong when they're feeling good and things are going right. But if something goes the least bit haywire, Bob, I'm talking on either end here, offensively or defensively, they have historically speaking, have a difficult time getting through that. 
And I thought you saw that again last night, too. I mean, they got that zone thrown at them, and they were just a discombobulated offensive mess in the second half. No, they did not react well to it at all. Didn't, didn't adjust like you kind of thought they would. Still, still scored, the by the way. Still scored, by the way. But the, the zone affected right. them, as I guess what I should better say there, Bob. Well, that's the kind of thing that kind of changes tempo around, kind of changes rhythm around. You, you know what that's about. And sometimes you make a move, a simple move like that, and you're thinking, well, you know, that shouldn't bother us. And sometimes, for whatever yeah. reason, it does. I think they have – I think they have um, – you know, it's, again, Big Ten season just starting, so to speak. They've got a lot of time. They're a good basketball team. But what concerns you is they haven't beaten good teams on the road. They haven't, you know, to, to basically, they haven't really beaten a lot of good teams. Uh, the injuries are an issue. Uh, it's an offense that we throw posts, we kick out, and then we hope. Uh, you know what I mean? So if we can't, if we can't score on, on a post pass, get it into uh, Trace Jackson Davis when it comes out. We may or may not get something. Uh, we don't necessarily shoot it that well. We don't make some great decisions. You talk about uh, that's a lack of a point guard or what have you. I think they have, I think they have a multitude of issues, and it's uh, a tough conference for you to try to find your way in the middle of it. So um, they're, they're, they're uh, under some challenges without question. And I think this weekend, you know, yeah, Northwestern coming into your place on Sunday. I think we all would expect a better effort, specifically on the defensive end when they play Northwestern. So, Bob Lovell joining us. Uh, in your past as a coach, have you ever seen in a game in which you've been coaching a technical given and then rescinded like that in that same moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah more than once, sure. More than once. Like uh, sometimes officials recognize that they may have been too quick on the trigger. They made a bad decision. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not unheard of. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, absolutely. Um, I had one in the, in, in the NAI National Tournament uh, when I was at IUPUI, uh, and one of our players – uh, took a shot that I took exception to, and I, I my choice of words were not really good, and I might have actually dropped an f bomb. And as an official's running by me on the bench, he stops dead in his tracks and turns and gives me a tech. And I I try to explain to him. I said, Hey, look, I I wasn't directed at you. I said, Did you see that shot my kid took? And he goes, Yeah. I said, Well, that that I was reacting to that. You're going to tech me for acting to my kid's shot? And he goes. You know what? You're right. It goes over to the bench, clears it up. Uh, we get away with the tick, uh, the, we get away from the tech, and and we move on. So it's different than you know, coach going over to chat it up with the other coach. But still, yeah, it, it happens. People do that. They 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 rescind techs all the time. Quite frankly, they ever do that. Because my thought last night initially was that maybe. You were just reminded at that moment. One of two things. One was, all right, both these sides are whining about something, and, you know, I don't need to hand out a tech to go ahead and chill mm -hmm. out the situation mm -hmm. or whatever, Bob. But the other was, all right, in the first half, you know, the Silver Fox went a little bit crazy over there on the sideline to fire up his team, and we teed him up then. And if we do this right now, he's going to get tossed. So, hey, we'll take that back with that in mind. Oh, I think that might be part of it, too. I mean, uh, I'm not exactly sure what goes through the minds of, uh, of officials or, or coaches or anything like that at that particular time. 
but again, I, I think I think way too much has been made of that particular uh, whistle, non-whistle situation. They got beat uh, on the road by a team that's not very good, uh, didn't play well, continue to struggle in certain areas. So that's uh, you know that's just something for you and me and others to talk about. Has no no impact on the game in my estimation, and so they got to regroup and get ready to play on Sunday. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, joining us. Hendricks County Tournament coming up this yeah. weekend. You got Plainfield, your alma mater, Tri West, and Brownsburg. That's on a nice little roll at Avon coming up as the Hendricks County Tournament is underway. And then not too far behind, we'll be talking about the Marion County Tournament. Uh, Brownsburg's really good. Uh, they're playing very, very well. They're very talented, extremely well coached. My Quakers have done very, very well. Andy Weaver is doing a tremendous job with those guys. They have some big wins. Um, uh, they're doing doing well. I, you know, it's great. We didn't have a county tourney um, back when I played. We had a, a holiday tourney with Plainfield, Brownsburg, Avon, and Danville. And so it's kind of cool. I kind of wish we'd been able to do that. But um, uh, it, it will be – it should be, uh, I would think, going in, the favorite should be Brownsburg because um, they'll defend you. They can score a multitude of ways. Uh, and they're really, really good. You mentioned Andy Weaver. I was just talking to Michael Menser, the former Sycamore great, yeah, who is the yeah. assistant principal over at Plainfield. I think he's going to do some uh, workout stuff with, with my daughter, and I was talking to him about that the other day. So we got to give him a, a shout-out, too, because the assistant principal over at Plainfield can ball just a little bit, as we've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, going into the uh, Sycamore Hall of Fame because he could ball. How about your Sycamores? Seriously. And you yes. You want to talk about a team that's playing awfully, awfully well, understands how to win on the road, understands how to play. Those guys are really good. Give me your thoughts on a couple of middies, Indiana State and how about Ball State as well? I mean, both Michael Lewis in his first year, Josh Schertz in his second year. Everybody feeling pretty good about both these basketball programs right now, Bob. Well, they should. Uh, you know, it, you know, we're all happy for Michael Lewis uh, for the obvious reasons. He's one of us, and um, you know, he's his kids. You know, they lost some close ones early, John, and they, uh, they talked to him. Said they were close. They were doing the right things. They, they weren't making some plays when they needed to. They kind of turned it around. Uh, they're playing very, very well. Uh, obviously, uh, winning close games, making plays that they need to make. Uh, Indiana State. Got a great start in Valley play. They're often doing some great things. You've seen them. They're fun yeah. to watch. They're hard yes. to guard. They put five guys out there who can put it on the floor, create, and do some things. They're hard to match up with. They can shoot it. They're defending better, uh, playing with an awful lot of confidence for the obvious reasons right now. And so, you know, the Valley is not as overwhelming as it used to be. But still, there's some very difficult teams to play, especially on the road. Telling you, for Indiana State, if Drake is at the top of that list of the MVC, this is this is a year in that conference where the Sycamores, you know, could get themselves into the tournament. You could realistically see it. No, I don't think there's any question, especially with these non-conference wins that they rolled up and, and you're getting off to a pretty good start. And, and it really, truly does matter what the seeding comes down to as you get into the Valley tournament. So hopefully they can stay injury-free and continue to play the way they're playing. 
Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talks got you covered with all that later on tonight and tomorrow night. What's on the big show, big fella? Lots of high school basketball. We're back, you know, that first weekend after the holidays, so we got a lot of games, a lot of college stuff to talk about tomorrow night. But uh, hopefully wall-to-wall basketball tonight and tomorrow night. Better go to it, buddy. I appreciate you more than you know. I love this time of year because for high school basketball, for the fellows in high school basketball, I mean, you you really start the teeth of your conference season. And for the ladies, you're going to get in that stretch run and, you know, get ready at the end of this month to do a little bit of a sectional draw. And then the postseason's underway. So this is a hell of a time of year. Just to make you feel crazy, the 22nd of this month is the pairing show. That's whack. (laughs) <laughs> that is whack, Bob Lovell, right there. <laughs> That's a little crazy. That is just a little bit crazy. <laughs> Happy New Year to you down in right, Franklin. Thank Thanks. Thanks. And we'll do it next week. Thank, Thank you, Bob. Okay. So Bob Thank Lovell you. of Indiana Sports Talk on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, brought to you every Friday by the Joe Childers Run 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. That's CarX.com to find the one nearest you today, Chris Hagan. Bob, Bob's a legend, first of all. Legendary. Look at inside these numbers. I, IU loses by two. But yeah. listen to this free throw. Here's the stat of the game. Iowa shot 25 free throws. How many think they made out of 25 free throws? I think they made all but two. Did they not? They made 22 out of 25. 88%. Yeah. IU shot almost as many free throws. In fact, one more. They shot 26. They missed eight, right? They missed nine. nine. 17 of 26. I was one off in both they, those. They I've been good on, on the prices right. They, they right missed there. one on purpose at the Right, at the that end. was Galloway's so, miss. Which, by uh, the way, yeah, I know, I know when you do that, you, you can't do it that way. You kind of wanted to high kill yeah, 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 just that, you, that looked like the, the, yeah. eighth, the eighth grade kid when you say, hey, uh, John, missing on purpose, and you just go, bam. Uh, it looked so like they, when we did the media games on Tuesday and some of the guys we played with, that looked like their jump yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. That, mine included. So IU shot 65% from the free throw line. Iowa, 88%, and therein lies your two-point loss. That is. Knock him down. Got to put that thing away. You do. Easier said than done, and especially with this IU team, it has been uh, much more difficult than we make it seem. They just have a lot of these same old issues that you sit here and you wonder if you're ever going to get past them with this group. You do? Well, well it was, uh, was it Mike Leach said, the great Mike Leach, you're either coaching it that way or allowing it to happen. Either one is bad. Quick break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about the future of Chris Ballard. Is it going to be passed even with his contract ongoing this Sunday game against the Texans? Should it be? Should it not? Chris Hagan rejoins JMV Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday, Ice Cold Bud Light, Texans Colts tickets to give away. A shout out to Sarah, who brought me, because uh, I forgot my, uh, my kids are always using my iPhone, my uh, charging cords, and there it is at home. I don't have it in my bag. And, man, Stevie G's in the house today, man. Great to see you, brother. That is awesome. It, local legend when it comes to promoting concerts around here, putting together some of the great shows that you have ever witnessed in the history of Central Indiana. Steve has done that. Thank you, Steve, for showing up as well. Quick break. We'll come back. Me, Hagen, Mike Wells, top of the hour, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5107. Find the fan. The Ride with JMV. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. This is not your normal Mike Wells re-entry. I got to apologize. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is not James's fault because Mike normally would not come back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and give it away. James, this is my bad because I'm distracted here live at Twin Peaks on a Bud Light Blue Friday and forgot to tell you that normally we come back with a Mike Wells reentry. So, James, I'm going to go ahead and do this right now. And I'm going to fill some time. If you can get, and I'm going to tell him, Mike, because I know he's on hold right now from ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. If you can get Guy, that's G-U-Y, a great group from the late 80s, early 90s. The song is Let's Chill. If you can cue that up, and then I won't have to hear from Mike Wells later how I botched the start of the 4 o'clock hour. You tell me when you had that queued up and ready. And this is my bad. We'll make sure we get the Mike Wells re-entry because you've got new addition, Keith Sweat and Guy coming up at the end of March at the Gambridge Fieldhouse. And because we're all going to go and celebrate that, I thought maybe a little Let's Chill by Guy would be a great re-entry. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Bring it up here, Mike. Take it over. Both Teddy Riley and Aaron Hall right there. That's a job well done out of you, Mike. Just like him. Listen. Hey, James, thank you for having me listen. And, Jay, you went 99 yards, fumbled the ball, but you pulled an Andrew Luck yes. off of a Donald Brown fumble, picked up the ball, dove over the line, dove over the uh, goal line, and scored the touchdown by taking care of getting red hot chili peppers off of the air yes. along with Jay. So it, you are the real MVP for that. I know what I can do for you, too, because I go to the standby, and I knew you knew by heart every single cut from one of the great albums of our time, The Future, and Guy, and there it is. Because we're all going to go, me, you, Dion, everybody. We're all going coming up at the end of March down at Cambridge Field House. It's going to be a blast. We are going to celebrate. And listen, all my friends who want to send me text messages over me not being able to sit, uh, sing, a.k.a. David Smith, I know I can't sing, but that's, that is the highlight of it all. And if I can get on stage and sing with Aaron and Teddy oh. on March 24th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, all hell is going to break loose on that night if that comes about. Wells knows he can't sing. Why do you think he's practicing? Hey, Wells, did you exactly. survive? Did you survive your trip to the Athens, Alabama Buckies? How was that? 
Oh, my goodness, man. It was unbelievable. And by the way, Higgin, when I call you, bro, you got to answer the phone, man. <laughs> I, know you don't, I, know you, I know you don't wake up until like 3 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon, but if I, if I call you, I got to let you know what's going on, man, because it was one hell of an experience <laughs> at, at the Buckies in Athens, Alabama, as JMV's favorite member of the Wells household just got in the car who ratted me out about my experience at the Bucky's in Athens, Alabama, as I drove off with a gas pump in my... Oh, no. <laughs> Bucky's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. No, I, and he blamed I, it on somebody I, else. He didn't own it either. <laughs> he pulled it out and didn't own it. Oh, no. Were you, were you eating a brisket yeah. sandwich and you were too distracted? <laughs> I, I hadn't gone in the store yet. I was so excited to go inside of Bucky's. We, I, I needed gas. Uh, my boy Buster was out at the dog park, and I went again and get my brisket sandwich and get me some beaver nuts, and drove off with the gas. With, drove off with the gas pump in the rental car, and all of a sudden, the gas pump was on the ground, disconnected from the pump, and Jamie's favorite member of the household, Layla Wells, is texting her friends and letting her know that I embarrassed her. Man, I, if I knew that, if I would have been awake and answered that phone call, I would have damn sure called that that Bucky's and said, hey, man, can you pull this security camera footage just so I can see Wells? And then watching you jump out of that car and running to get it. Hey, <laughs> we got, hey, we, and we put that on Chive. Like, we come in here and watch Chive, that channel that runs on a loop. We'll put that on Chive. Here in Athens, Alabama, uh, you know, uh, Indiana man decides to drive off with the gas pump still lodged in his receptacle. And, and, and Wells loves to call them beaver nuts. They're beaver nuggets, Wells. Clean it up a little bit. Oh. Beaver nuggets. Uh, you know, say, say anything, balls, whatever we want to call it. But <laughs> I was on last Friday, and I told the story, but J&B tried to get me to, to announce where it was at, where yeah. this occurred at. And I did not answer, but I was like, you know what? What the hell? I'm also going. So many people were tweeting me about it. I was like, let me acknowledge, especially with you on the show, that it happened at a Bucky's, a brand new Bucky's, by the way, in Athens, Alabama, um, last week. Things happened, and but that damn brisket sandwich, though, it made up for it. The fact that I went into the store and, and said somebody else broke the pump. I don't think they're going to extradite you for breaking the pump there. But, yeah, I turned our, our guy Joel Erickson on, and he went to his first Bucky's, and it was in Athens. So we've given enough uh, enough enough uh, free airtime, Johnny. So let's uh, – let's. why don't you ask Wells what you just yeah. remembered me about, about Chris Ballard. So Mike Wells on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon. Of course, you covered the Colts for certainly most of the, the Ballard era. Even with the years he still has on his contract, should Sunday be his final game as general manager of the Colts? Man, you you truly put me on the spot on this one. But you know what? I, I would do the same thing. I love to put people on the spot. I don't see how there's and I and I'm not saying I anybody deserve somebody should be fired because I'm not I'm not the owner. But you look at Ballard's resume and the fiasco that happened this year and the lack of competitiveness of this franchise over the you know I mean I don't even last time this team even competed. With the first half of the, the game against the Vikings, you know, two quarters over the past what six weeks. If I if I'm Mercy, the Twitter brain, I tell somebody I'm cleaning house. I am cleaning house in this organization, and and who's ever coming in to run the front office, I am going to politely ask my boss Jim Mercy, can you stop 
getting in front of the camera and talking about this team is ready to make a run. This team is ready to, you know, surpass potentially now the Jacksonville Jaguars as the AFC South champions. And when you haven't, you've only been to the playoffs twice since 2014. They just need, they need to worry about, you know, putting a respectable product on, on, uh, on the field. So, yes, I'm cleaning house if I'm Jim Mersey. Hagan has mentioned that it's not on Chris Ballard here. Go ahead and explain to Mike the explanation you gave to me before the end of the 3 o'clock hour. Well, I said, what's something you can point at that you put on Ballard and say, oh, this was a horrible decision? I mean, he, he didn't control Luck retiring. He didn't control – he didn't have as much say – he didn't have control over Phillip Rivers bouncing after one year. They'd gone to the playoffs and competed that year. He, it wasn't his guy necessarily to bring in Wentz. That was a lot on Frank. And he was handcuffed when – Ersay says, bottom line, Wentz is not the quarterback anymore. So those were all thrown on his plate that that weren't of his doing or, or a mistake he made per se. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to and say, yes, Chris, I mean, excuse me, Frank Wright went to bat for Carson Wentz, but Chris Ballard has the power to say, no, this guy got benched. He's not the same player he was in 2017, 2017 pre-porn ACL. I say, Frank, I respect you as the head coach, but we're bringing in a guy that lost his starting job to a rookie in Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles have question marks at quarterback. Even though Hurts has proven that he's the real deal, they didn't know that at the time. And then Chris Ballard, Anthony Costanzo retires, doesn't go out and get a left tackle, doesn't get a quarterback in the early part of the draft, one of the first three rounds of the draft, to try to groom and get mold and get ready as you continue to just plug guys in to play the quarterback spot. He did not address so the two two most important areas outside of pass rusher are left tackle or right tackle, depending if you've got a right-handed or a left-handed quarterback, and quarterback. And Chris Ballard has failed in that area. He has failed miserably in that area. Would you trust how, how him? Can, this is... This is something John asked me a, a month or two ago on the, the Fox 59 show. Would you trust Ballard with a, a top five pick in this year's draft? Uh, I'm going to get listen to his opinion, but I'm going to have a lot of say in it. I'm going to have, I'm on Ursa, I'm having a lot, a lot of say in this situation uh, on what you're going to do because they, they, they have to get a quarterback. There, there's, if you have a top five pick, what position, I mean, what, what are you going to take a left tackle? you you, you got to take one of those quarterbacks that's on the board. You can't sit there and say, oh, this guy's not good or whatever. Um, you're, you're, you're potentially looking at, obviously, Bryce Young is going to go number one to the Texans after the Texans, you know, finish there. The kid from, what, the kid from Kentucky is out there. You got C.J. Stroud. How are you going to – how can you sit there and speak to your fan base if you still go into next season with – uncertainty of quarterback. You can't go in and say, we're just going to find a guy in free agency because that approach is not working with the exception of Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers came in and drank, drank from the fountain of youth and was very impressive in his one year. So, no. Mike Wells. I, I just, I, I, Hagen, I love you, brother, but, ooh, you kind of get, you kind of give him Ballard a pass. I know I'm saying there's things, there are some things you can blame on him, but some of these, you know, you, some catastrophic decisions like, oh, I can't believe he did this. I mean, he gave money to first-round draft picks on that offensive line, uh, guys that were supposed to be generational talents, 
and they haven't produced. You have a uh, the NFL rushing leader comes back, uh, doesn't get the line help he needs. He gets hurt. You have a uh, a leader on defense in Shaquille Leonard. He gets hurt, has a surgery, playing catch up the whole year, the whole year. Th- those are things you can't foresee as a GM. And I, I said, you know, he didn't go out there and address the uh, the receiver situation. There are things he didn't do, but I I don't see catastrophic decisions he's made. Where okay, let's get him out. Now we got a top five pick. Let's bring in some first time GM and 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 trust him to go out there and, and put this together. Uh, it's just a it, it's a it's a unique situation where you've had a guy that's gone out and found throughout every round of the draft has found players that have produced at a high level. And for whatever reason, they all got together and decided they were either going to get hurt or not produce this year. Mike, I got a question for you. Actually, a question for you both here. And you can revisit this. Uh, In the past couple of years, what have been the worst Colts extensions? The most egregious Colts extensions? You give me yours, Chris. You give me yours, and I'll give you mine. Ooh, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to say two or two three on the offensive line. If I'm basing if we're going off of today, I'm going to say Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith. I'm going to say Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have been the worst. And that was kind of a trick question right here. That's kind of a trick question, but I think that th- that those extensions have kind of led us down the path of where we are right now. And here's the thing that that I don't want to hear. Bob Kravitz said this, and I don't know if I quite believe it entirely, but Bob, earlier this week when I asked him if this Ballard thing at all is about money, he suggested it was. And, and I always state it this way. It's easy for me to sit here and talk about somebody else's money and what they should be doing with it, right? It's very easy for me. But if you're Jim Irsay, and knowing what everybody has said about Jim as an owner, he's going to go as far as he can, spend all this money. Everything is about winning. That is where the target is. This can't be about money if you're Jim Irsay right here. It might be able to be if you're another owner around the NFL, but from what we have heard, how it's been described, and what we have known about Jim Irsay, this Ballard decision, if it happens to be financially driven, can't be. What do you think? No, yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, yeah, you can't sit back and say, oh, oh, yeah, now we can't get rid of him because we're paying this guy X amount of dollars. I mean, and big, you're speaking of extensions, boy, can once you leave organization, Jim Mercy has no problem, you know, you know, back, backing up the uh, four-wheeler over you 25 times. He did it with Carson Wentz last year. He did it with Frank Reich and saying that, you know, he shouldn't have given him that contract extension. If he gets if he gets to Kahunas and fires Chris Ballard, is he going to do the same thing to Ballard and say, I shouldn't have given Ballard that extension? I that, thought it was. You made a good point, but hey, hey, Hagen, what is your answer off of that? I gave you my. John gave uh, gave us his. What is your? I, I agreed when I said that. I, I didn't. I didn't. It's not even hindsight. Twenty twenty. When they did that before last season, before the Wentz season, when they extended both of them, I said, "Why are you doing that? You do that after something great has happened." They they had you know they had Philip Rivers and they you know they competed in the playoffs. Uh, came close to an upset win. So, but Rivers is gone. Why extending? Why do you, the timing of it just seem weird? You know that usually happens when you're ten and two in the middle of the season, or you just had a great playoff run, uh, and they hadn't done that. So at the time, I said I, I don't understand that. And then now, when you do use the benefit of hindsight, 
you say, I told you so. And then Frankie, I mean, uh, Ursay even kind of backtracked. Well, I didn't think it. Well, then why'd you do it? You, you, you have the checkbook. You're the one writing the checks. How can anybody pressure you or make you feel like you need to do something on anything, especially something as big as that? How could you feel pressure to do that? So I would agree with John on that. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, well, these are some of the things that need to be need to be talked about right here. And I guess Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins me. It's Chris Hagan as well. I'm JMV, Twin Peaks, Bud Light Blue Friday, Castleton. Hopefully you can join us coming up in just a bit. We would love to see you. So that leads us to the next head coach here. How much, and I think it's going to be a lot from the owner's standpoint, but how much should really be considered to extend Jeff Saturday out past the interim basis and have him be the head coach going into 2023 and the start of that season. Chris, we'll start with you. Well, I thought when they hired him, it was just a stopgap measure so you wouldn't have Frank being booed off the field. You'd think, well, nobody's going to boo Jeff Saturday off the field, a beloved guy. I, I didn't think that Saturday would have as much interest as he's shown in, in getting the job full time. And I've been surprised from what I've heard within the organization about how much he's still in the discussion to get the job. I, I don't think, I mean, I think you have to open it up. You have to, and perhaps, you know, Ursay will be swayed by somebody else he he interviews for that job because clearly nothing against Jeff. I, I lo- love Jeff was here for his entire career, but I think you're going to find clearly much better candidates for that job than him. I mean, you, hey, they have to be able to find much better candidates for that job. Um, they have to find much better ones because – Honestly, I know Jeff Saturday has the history of being a great, um, you know, coach player and everything. But what has he done? What has he done to even say, yes, he should be a top three candidate for this job? Well, I have not seen anything since he got named an interim basis outside of winning that, that first game against the Raiders to say, okay, Jeff Saturday should be the interim head coach. And – and you're talking about results. You're talking about credentials since he's taken over, much like when I bring up Chris Ballard, I do the same. Results and credentials. And in terms, Mike, of Jeff Saturday, I've made this argument, um, and, and certainly this team has gotten worse, but the problem is it was going to go down the crapper anyway. And Jim Ursay, regardless of his motive here, whether or not it was to, you know, get some intel, to get somebody he trusted more than anybody else, I guess, in there from the past to find out what he needs to know about what was not going right in his organization. If he really, truly wanted Jeff to be the coach past this interim basis this season, it had to be in the offseason because he gets covered up by all, Mike, you accurately just explained. All that has gone wrong, all that has gone haywire, all the losing, the embarrassments, the bad games, the turning the channel because I'm sick of watching this. He is absolutely swallowed up by all of it. And basically any of these guys, Bubba Ventrone, any of these assistant coaches, John Fox, whomever would have taken over, would have been covered up with similar consequences. And that's why, to me, in the court of public opinion, it is going to be impossible to bring back Jeff Saturday, considering the results we have seen with him on an interim basis. Yeah, I mean, you, even the old school Colts fans can't sit here and say we can get behind them. Because if you really felt like Saturday was going to be a guy in line to be the head coach for going into the 2023 season, I'm like, you know what, let's just go ahead. Like you said, give it to a Gus Bradley or a John Fox 
a guy, guys who may not want to be head coaches anymore, let them get through this poo-poo show, and then you bring Jeff Saturday in and say, okay, a new, you know, we're, new era is coming in. We're going with, with Jeff Saturday, but instead. They've become the butt of jokes in the NFL, unfortunately. And I, I like Jeff Saturday as a person. But they have become the butt of jokes because they hired a, um, somebody who has no NFL or even college coaching experience to come in and try to, you know, let, let the fan base live off of what Jeff did as a player. Unfortunately, the product on the football field has been straight hot garbage, as, as our man Michael Grady used to say, straight hot garbage. Uh, what they've not been able to do. There's been no sign of life saying, okay, the future is bright with this organization. Even the defense, which has played well in stretches, has been has gone downhill in, a, in, in recent weeks. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Um, that's the deal. It'd be, if it was a feel-good story and they'd gone like 7-1, and 6-2 and two over these last eight games with Saturday at the helm, you'd be like, okay, I, I can buy in. But they win the first game, they lose six straight since then. So he's going to go 1-7 uh, and seven or 2-6 and six or knowing this rivalry this year, maybe he goes 1-6-1. and one. Uh, So, yeah, it's not anything where you can be like, okay, it was an unorthodox hire, but this thing's working. He knows to lead men. He knows how to organize. Uh, you, just, you just didn't get that. And – Whatever it was, whatever led to that decision, uh, it clearly was a, it was a fun little story at first, and it was kind of the Colts against the world uh, because, you know, the trash everybody was talking about, the decision and about Jeff. But now you say, okay, now you see why they said all that. Um, things didn't turn around. Let's, let's go find some people that can, can build this thing back and, and take control of this once-proud franchise, which, like you said, uh, Wellesie has unfortunately become a laughingstock. Yeah, it, it's this truly is. I mean, I've obviously only been living in Indy since uh, you know for the past eighteen years, but I've, I've followed the NFL for a, long, for a long time. This is arguably the lowest point in this franchise has been, and uh, and you know when you've had injuries in seventeen and then in twenty eleven, and obviously there were a couple other bad seasons, but you know when you combine the the, the lack of production on the football field lack of talent at key positions and the continued, you know, fumbling and bubbling of trying to put pieces together, this franchise is truly at a low point. All right, the other professional franchise as Mike Wells joins us to close here, the Indiana Pacers, and not the greatest example of being able to close a game up four and, you know, what took place down the stretch in that game in Philly the other night, that notwithstanding Week to week, your impression just develops even more so of this team as a group and this team moving forward with the parts and the pieces they have right now and playing for the now along with the future as opposed to worrying more about assets and what may occur further down the road. Mike, you agree? Oh, my God. I I love, I love, love, love watching this Pacers team. I mean, yeah, I mean, what happened the other night in Philly, you know, 76ers did not have Joel Embiid, and the Pacers couldn't be able to, they couldn't find a way to pull that game out. Ooh, they had some questionable calls too, man. But anyways, you got to believe that, okay, this franchise, the foundation is, the foundation is there. They're, they're exciting. They're not a, they're not boring basketball anymore. They, they had, they're, everything they're doing is a prime example of, why you should be supporting this franchise. They're exciting. They're fun. 
Uh, they're proving doubters wrong who felt like, oh, yeah, they're going to be in line for a high draft pick, blah, blah, blah. No, they're right there in the mix in, in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, barring something crazy happening, we'll be in the playoffs. That's what, that's what you like. And these young kids are going to continue to de- develop. And I think after the last couple of years, I think um, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, they deserve some credit. And Rick Carlisle, in the way he's he's got these these young kids to buy into how to play the game. I was at the game uh, Monday night against the Raptors. Let me tell you what, that building hadn't felt like that in a while. I mean, that was electric. Yeah. It was a good game, back and forth. Uh, a fun team to watch. You know, the each possession you felt like, who's going to do something spectacular? You know, you you have players like that, and Matherin and Halliburton, and then uh, JMV's guy um, that, that's still competing, and, and maybe a lot of fans now may be glad they still have him around and Miles Turner. Better be. Hey, but, hey, yeah, it was hey, – I'll tell you hey, what. Stop, it was, hey, stop, stop disrespecting John's guy. We're saying J- JMV's guy. Why don't you say JMV's guy, Miles Turner? I'm giving say him credit. Name. I'm giving – I said his name. Yeah. You know, hey, Mike. I just everybody, said his name. Everybody, everybody ought to be kissing my ass right I, now, shouldn't they, Mike? I'm giving, shouldn't they? I'm giving John yeah. credit, and I'm, I'm sorry I didn't put the words in the exact order you wanted them, Wells, <laughs> in my sentence that I was making. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know when the last time you were out there, but it, it felt like it did back in the day when, when you could see that place. Now, granted, it was a, a pain in the ass getting out of the parking garage, but that's what comes along with, uh, with success and winning and people being excited about being out there. Well, let's be real, Hagen. I'm sure you did not pay for that parking pass, so it's okay. No. You exactly. Can wait, you exactly. Can wait. Hey, yeah, the hell with the win loss. Hey, minutes. Mike, the hell with the win loss column. Just check the parking it's garage after me. the game. It's about, about, about me and my experience. Yeah, the hell with that. So, hey, yeah. by the way, oh my God. I, I saw your text late last night. I don't think Laney's over there tomorrow. I don't think. I have, oh. but I'll be honest, I've been kind of out of the loop this week, so I don't know for sure. Okay, I, I think a center Grove team, one of, it might be the other center Grove uh, uh, team that's going to be playing uh, up there during the little tournament up here in Brownsburg. They I might, was hoping uh, you she might, she might be, though. I am, uh, I am not, I'm not completely sure, but I've been a little bit, a little bit out of the loop here the past couple of weeks, so I'm not uh, altogether sure. But, hey, I will say this. I have uh, I talked to a former Indiana State Sycamore, Michael Menser, who played for the Sycamores. They beat IU twice, obviously, you know, got in and, and won a game in the NCAA tournament uh, going back in the early 2000s. The kid out of Batesville, not a kid anymore, fella, dude, man now, who's the assistant principal over a playing field, runs a pretty solid outfit over there, too, for some girls. So we're going to see what that's going to be like as well. So I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, heard of him before, but he is a really good dude. No, that, listen, that's great, man. Maybe, maybe uh, Ms. Landy needs to transfer to the Plainfield School District, man. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, – yeah, she's having a good time. So, I, I just don't – I don't know yeah. because I haven't checked with uh, – I mean, like I said, I've been out of the loop, which kind of sounds like I haven't been home, which maybe that's kind of it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a little bit all over the place here recently. So, yeah, again, it sounds like that. And, so. and, by, and by the way, I know um, – I, I realize why – you didn't let James in the studio know that he, we needed to have a slow jam re-entry. It's because you were distracted by the workers in Twin Peaks. Zero idea what you're or, talking about. Or, yes. Or, 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 or you basically had a, a towel and you were wiping the ground up from Hagen's um, drool from being on site with you at Twin Peaks. That's not drool. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. 
Come on, oh my man. God. Hey, hey, uh, hey, on that note, you fellas have a great weekend. I'll talk to y'all next Friday. Hey, tell my girl Layla hello, okay? I will do, brother. Talk to you. Yeah, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It was ice hey. water. It was ice water. Hey, uh, hey, the, hey the Dice, bit. Andrew Dice Clay, can you Yo, chill out a little bit over there? <laughs> I did, I, you know what? However people want to interpret something I said, uh, that's on I them. want you to do that thing with the cigarette again. He I did want the hand behind the head on the cigarette. Did, that was, um, he was like a one-hit wonder, wasn't he? I mean, it was like a. You know what? I mean, he had a bit of a rebirth, I think, on some episodes of Entourage. Yeah, some, he did some TV show stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I think he was in uh, A Star is Born. I think he played. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, he played. Uh, what's, her, what's her real name? Lady Gaga's uh, dad. She, he did. Um, he did things comedians had never done before. Like, he was playing Selling Out Madison Square Garden, yeah. like, multiple nights. Yeah, he was a big, bright, flashing star, but he flew to close to the sun and there he went there were some cast members on saturday night live that wouldn't that some female cast members that refused to appear on the show with him and obviously his act wouldn't last uh, 12 seconds in today's world but at the time everybody was quoting his nursery rhymes and everybody knew his shtick and uh, obviously he was playing a character that's not how he was all the time but yeah that that's a moment in history when you try to explain that to young people yeah there was this comedian and he would say this and then they're like no yes there <laughs> yes, was he, he was the biggest comedian in the world for a period i actually of time. saw the adventures of ford fairlane his i think one feature yeah film. yeah um, at the Von Lee Theater in Bloomington. The oh, Adventures of My Hair. <laughs> it's kind of what you know, is a Saturday Night Fever thing with uh, he had John some, he, he had some bit parts, too, that he, he would turn up in this. I forget the movie, but it was uh, Victoria Jackson. You remember her, the blonde? Yeah. From, she was in a movie. It was a, a chick flick. But uh, Dice was in it and had a bit part and, and, and stole the show there, too. So, yeah. Casual sex with Leah yeah, Thompson? Yeah, yeah, that oh, was yeah. So that yeah was, I know was, about that. He was in that. So um, There's some nudity in there. If there was a nudity film in the 1980s, I've got it. We were just watching. I've uh, got it encased in my brain right here. We were just watching. I thought of you yesterday. We were just watching uh, Fast <laughs> Times on yes, AMC in, in the sports office yesterday. Yeah. And so many different. They. When uh when he's he's admiring Jefferson's car and Je- Jefferson says, "Don't fool with it." <laughs> <laughs> and fool it's, with so it. many things they changed, and there were so many things I was like, "Ooh!" That, as the scene approached, I'm like, "I yeah. bet we, I bet this scene won't be." See, what are they going to say but right I, here? But I said in the sports office, I said, "You remember when every movie had to have a couple of of nude scenes in it? You just expected it, and now it's shocking if you see one." Hey, rat! You're what they call a wuss, part wimp and part. What would they slide in instead of that? <laughs> every every other word you forget, like how how that movie was, and uh, yeah, and then they he's a they did say the word that begins with a P when they painted it on his car. Oh when, yeah. Moment, Lin, yeah, yeah, Linda said that. I was, I was surprised it made the cut, but man, he's a little how yeah. how gorgeous was she, and still to this oh, yeah. day, even though sometimes you see older movies and you go, well, that hairdo is so weird. like even with the style of that. Day and age, she's still an unbelievable knockout. The uh, 80s coming-of-age self-pleasurvation, if you will, <laughs> probably for a lot of us was not at a, a higher level than it was. Doesn't anybody knock anymore? Oh, Quick break. We'll come back. Twin Peaks. I'm John. That's Chris. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, about last night. Another 1980s classic right there with Don from Iowa City last night. We'll get a We'll chat in with the voice of the Hoosiers, top of the hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I got nowhere else to go! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome back. Hagen's gone. We remain here at Twin Peaks, northeast side, 82nd. I-69, we've got tickets to give away, regular season finale. Texans and the Colts coming up on Sunday. By the way, I'm going to come at you for the Bullseye Event Center, bullseyeeventgroup.com, and that Colts VIP tailgate. I will kickstart that at 9 a.m. Now, that, again, is before the doors actually open, but their doors open at the Bullseye Event Center at 10 a.m. coming up on Sunday morning. I will fire that up at 9 a.m. for you and then head up to uh, Touchdown Town. Uh, to get you ready for that final regular season game for the Colts. Final season game just for 2023, I should say, for 2022, and that season in general coming up on Sunday against the Texans. But that is the Colts pregame huddle, 10 a.m. until noon, and that will be in touchdown town. But, yeah, we got tickets for the game here. If you guys want to slide by, sign up for that and check it out. And remember, because of the Pacer game tonight, Pacers and Blazers from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. I've got Colts Happy Hour that starts tonight at 5.30, so this show goes until 5.30, Colts Happy Hour from 5.30 until 6.30, and then your Pacer pregame is right here on the fan coming up after that. The Colts injury report today ruled out for the game coming up on Sunday. Of course, Nick Foles with that rib injury and that ridiculous sack uh, with Thibodeau on top of him on uh, Sunday against the Giants. Foles is out. Kylan Granson with an ankle has also been ruled out. Both Stefan Gilmore and Brandon Faison um, are listed, I believe, as questionable uh, on that injury report today. I think Faison was going through concussion protocol, and uh, we'll see if uh, either one of those guys play coming up on Sunday. That's your injury report today. If you missed it last night, Boilermakers in a tight one down the stretch. Get the job done. Fletcher Lawyer, the uh, freshman from Fort Wayne, knocks down a three-pointer. That was the difference. And let me tell you, Boilermaker fans, you will revisit this game in the distant future this season because last night the Boilers were ripe to take another L, and Ohio State was playing well. Shot-making ability at a high level. Young guys playing well, even with Zed Key going down. In the first half, one of their most important, if not their most important players, they're battling. They got up nine. They got up 12. It always seemed like when they got up to their highest points, whether it was the first half or in the second half, the Boilermakers would counter with a run of their own and uh, got it going down the stretch. Fletcher Lawyer with that shot. That was the difference. Boilermakers get a win. Not so good for IU. They get up 21 early. And then end up losing that game in Iowa City to the Hawkeyes last night. Trace Jackson Davis had 30. Uh, Chris Murray of the Hawkeyes had 30 points and 10 rebounds in that game. Maybe even more importantly than that, Race Thompson goes down with a first-half injury. He was kind of rolled up on. It was like a, an offensive line type of injury. He got rolled up on from the blind side and was on crutches with an ice-down knee for the remainder of the game. So that was not good. Already missing Xavier Johnson. So there have been a myriad of injuries for this Hoosier team and then a disappointing finish and a disappointing loss in Iowa City 
last night. I think all you guys know the Western coming up this weekend as well. I mentioned the Pacers. Uh, the Pacers at home tonight versus the Blazers. They get the Hornets coming up in a late afternoon kind of matinee at Gambridge Fieldhouse coming up on Sunday as well. So we got a lot for you. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, is going to be here coming up at the top of the hour. And time at 239-1070. If you guys want to jump on board, we will certainly talk to you. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I'll go ahead and turn this back around since Hagen has left. Twin Peaks on a Bud Light Blue Friday, live in Castleton for you. The stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. You're going to eat your fat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us, Bud Light Blue Friday. Thanks to my friends at Zinc for a fantastic year once again of Bud Light Blue Fridays. Texans Colts tickets to give away Twin Peaks Northeast Side. We are at uh, I-69 and 82nd Street. Zach's going to get you signed up. We're going to draw coming up here a little bit later on. We also have a cooler courtesy of Bud Light to give away while we're here. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. Adam is up first today. No calls as of yet. Adam's first in. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Happy New Year, JMV. Right back at you, buddy. What's up? Uh, just mentioning about the whole Ballard situation and the free agencies coming up. We have 17 listed, and honestly, I think the dumpster fire or the soup sandwich has a player, Matt Pryor. He doesn't even need to be considered of coming back. He's an issue we need gone, uh, uh, listing of other things. Also, whatever happened to, remember, everybody used to wear, in the state of Indiana, it used to be called Blue Fridays. People would wear Colt Blue to support yeah. the team. Whatever happened to that? I mean, I still do it. Hell, I'm at work every Friday, and I wear Colts blue every Friday. We're, I think we're the only ones that kind of hold up that tradition with our friend from Bud Light every Friday with a blue Friday. But, yeah, you don't you don't see that. Um, and I, maybe it's also because there's not a lot of office people out there anymore. But, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't hear about that. But, honestly, there hadn't been much call to it, unfortunately, for the past couple of years around here, it'd be hard to get anybody to want to to get fired up and dress in blue on a Friday like today with that Colts in mind. It's, uh, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, even when I was over in Colorado, I would still support my home team. I mean, yeah, I'm diehard yeah. blue, bleed blue fan. I haven't heard that slogan in a long time other than every Friday with me with Bud Light. That's about it. Wow. Yeah. I anyway, on, I, I, put, I put it on my Facebook page. I mean, every video they post, I post it on my Facebook. Bleed blue, bring the juice, bring the noise, you know. Outstanding. Adam, you have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks for the call. You too. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Matthew in Maine, who is in the lounge via YouTube Live right now as well. Matthew, Matthew got to get up really early in Maine, too, <laughs> all the time. But no, Matthew is uh, sent some lobster to me. Matthew has sent some mixed drinkage to me. 
So Matthew has been clutch. And by the way, too, Greg mentioned this. That's Greg Rakestraw, who was hosting the midday show right before me. Shout out to Greg. Greg got me a, a T-shirt. I, I mentioned how much I love these. I've only seen them once, but uh, the T-shirt that looks like the old Seattle Supersonics logo, you know, with the basketball and the backdrop of the uh, Space Needle in Seattle. And it's got, like, Indianapolis on it, and the backdrop is, is Indy. But that's an awesome shirt. I mentioned how much I liked it to, uh, to Greg, and lo and behold, I saw it yesterday. I actually visited my desk for the first time in about three weeks, and it was up there sitting there. So, Greg, thank you very much for that. That is absolutely clutch of you. Speaking of clutch, Fletcher Lawyer last night, clutch-tacular he was down the stretch with that made three that got the Boilermakers over in a tough road environment and a tough road game in Columbus versus Ohio State. Unfortunately for IU, not the same. Got off and got off big up 21. Could not sustain. And unfortunately, they did sustain another injury. That to Race Thompson. We'll talk to Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, about that coming up on the other side. Remember, we got to bail out of here before 5.30. Then I'm going to get you to Colts Happy Hour. Pacers Blazers tonight, 6.30 pre, 7p, the tip from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, next. The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Hopefully we get in contact with him in a second. I'm going to tell you what, until that point in time, if you guys want to jump on here with any thoughts, we can certainly do that at 239-1070. But the expectation as well is for Don to be here. And really, we're also going to be crunched on time. So the hustle up to get in here is now because 530 Colts happy hour for an hour. And then we all turn it over to Pacer pregame with the Pacers and the Blazers. A little bit of a payback opportunity. If you remember going back to that seven game Western road swing, uh, they were in Portland back in December, and Portland beat them by 16. That was a game, I believe, Tyrese Halliburton did not participate. And, and T.J. McConnell, I don't, play, I don't think he played either off the bench in that game, but that was a tough loss among some other tough losses on that seven-game Western road swing earlier this season, so a little opportunity at payback. Coming up later on tonight, again, 6.30 pregame, 7P is that tip tonight from Cambridge Fieldhouse. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, let's thank him because I'm sure it was a late night slash early morning getting in from Iowa City uh, to his palatial establishment down in the Greenwood, <laughs> Indiana. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Don, what time did you get in? I got to bed at five minutes after four. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I literally, of course, I have to drive from Bloomington, so that's where the plane takes her if it leaves. So, so. yeah. Anyway, uh, it wouldn't yeah. matter. One way or the other, it was still going to be a very late, late <laughs> night. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. As I get older, I, like I used to be, and I guess to a degree I still am, but I, it, it's it's tougher and tougher, I think, to to stay up that late, get to bed out of there early, and then be worth a crap the next day, Don, honestly. I, I mean, know. I just slog around like crazy, so. <laughs> and it's certainly, certainly well, difficult. So, hey, I got anyway. I five hours of sleep, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Hey, I, I did see you and Eric and our good friend Jake Robinson right behind the IU bench, uh, basically right there on the scores table last night doing your broadcast. Were you privy to anything that was going on in those testy moments late in that, that second half between the two benches and the officials? Well, we weren't privy to any of it because it happened to our left, which was very close to the midcourt stripe. But uh, we, we saw what was going on, obviously. And this is the third. Uh, I, I think Fran McCaffrey's done this three straight games now to Indiana. He even did it in our home ball game last year to a lesser extent. He started to come across the midcourt stripe, and I don't know if he got stopped before. I can't remember exactly that the scenario that took place. But, of course, last year at Iowa and this year at Iowa, he's right down there in the huddle. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, it's just, John, I, all I can tell you, and I like Fran. I, I've, I've had a great relationship with him over the years. Uh, every time we ask for an interview, he does it. Uh, you know, and, and you get to know a guy a little bit. And away from the basketball court, He's a great guy, but yeah. but last night that's just that's ridiculous, and and I don't know what he's thinking. Obviously, he's upset about something. Um, in this particular case, we were told that well, we know that the official Paul uh, Zelt gave him a technical foul for being down there, and then they rescinded it because I guess the other two guys said he was coming to protect a player. You can't see any player down there until nah, there after he yeah. gets pushed back. After yeah. he gets pushed back, after he gets pushed back, Connor McCaffrey comes in there. But that was long after he had already started down toward Indiana's huddle and had gotten almost to the huddle. I, I don't it's, know what – it's just crazy to me. It's, it's it, crazy. It, and I feel bad for – I feel bad for for the program and the sense of what, what's going on there with Patrick, his son. But nevertheless, that's no excuse. There, there's just no reason for him to be there. Well, and you mentioned this this happens, and we were kind of joking last week about, you know, you, you know when when you're getting at him, when he turns purple, and certainly in the, the first half, IU up 21 got at him because he turned purple and threw a fit to get that first technical, but you could tell he was trying to motivate his team or whatever, but, you know, that second one, late in the second, it looked like he was just mad because the assistants were close and having a conversation with the officials, I, it, it was just, it was really weird. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish other than being Fran McCaffrey losing his mind during a game. <laughs> well, I can't answer the question for him. He'd have to, he's the only one that can. All I know is it was a mess. It, it turned out to be, I mean, he should have been thrown out because he got the early technical foul in the ball game and the second technical gets you kicked out. I can't. I've never heard of a, a technical file being rescinded. I, I, this is a first for me. Now I'm not saying it hasn't happened before, but I've never heard of it or seen it. I I thought last night that the reason why that they did rescind it was because 
that quick realization that, uh-oh, he got one earlier in this game, so now he's going to be tossed. And I, that should not play a role, but it does make you wonder if it certainly did because he clearly he clearly calls it and uh, nothing happened after it. So it, it was just, you're right, it was a wild, chaotic couple of minutes right there, right in, right in front of the, the bench and everybody in a wild, chaotic part of that game late in the second half. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Uh, my question is, do they do anything about this? Because if you go past the midcourt stripe, I mean, there's a coach's box. You're not ever supposed to get out of the coach's box. Now, we know that all of these guys do, um, you know, fudge a little bit, things like that. But I've not seen any other coaches, I, I don't think, go down, you know, past midcourt and into the other team's huddle or close to it. <laughs> I've never seen it from anybody else. So uh, there's got to be something done about it. Uh, there's no question in my mind. That's like I said, that's three straight years that or three straight games. I should say that it's happened uh, twice at Iowa and once at Indiana last year. So that, that has to stop. And I, I know Mike is really upset about it because he, he just felt like there's no way this can happen two years in a row and uh, at Iowa. And it does. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The other thing that happened before we get to what happened on the court was the injury in the first half to Race Thompson. I have not seen nor heard anything. Have you regarding the severity of that injury? No, but it doesn't look good, John. Um, I, and, and nobody would give me a definitive answer on what it was, but it's obviously a knee. Um, he, he was dove into by Tony Perkins. Um, as I understand it, I didn't see, I, I really didn't see, I saw, I saw it happen because it was right in front of us, Right. but I didn't see who the player was, you know, and I wasn't paying any attention to the player. I was paying attention to whether they were going to call a foul, which didn't happen or, um, what was going on with race and himself. I just didn't see who made, who was made the hit, but it was Tony Perkins that did it. Um, and I don't think it was intentional, but he was diving for the ball or something. Whatever it was going on there, he, he obviously caught race just right, and whatever happened, happened. Uh, we don't know the update on that and probably won't know the update until tomorrow. I would assume we'll, we'll get some information tomorrow, and uh, or I should say Sunday when, when Indiana plays Northwestern. But Honestly, uh, Indiana's very tight-lipped, as you know, and many schools are these days about any kind of injury. They just give you it's a lower leg injury, but we know it's a knee. That's what they were yeah. examining when it was right in front of us. So if it's, a, if it's a strained knee, that's one thing. That's, that's probably the best scenario that could take place. Um, if it's something beyond that, uh, he may be lost for the rest of the year, and that would make two guys out of your starting lineup that are now down. Yeah, I want to get to Xavier Johnson with you in a second as well, but it reminded me of one of those offensive line injuries where the offensive lineman, like he was facing you last night where you guys were broadcasting from, and right. and Perkins rolled him up from the backside, which would have been, you know, his, you know, you would have been kind of shielded by by race to that, and it right. very much was reminiscent of an offensive line injury we we really see often when they get rolled up on from behind. It was ugly. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And he was in a lot of pain. You could tell that. Uh, and he was really upset, too. He was he was mad. Um, and, and I think it was probably the madness that came from the injury itself, you know, just being and knowing that it was serious. <laughs> so that's that's why I put, don't put uh, 
uh, a lot of hope in the sense that this is going to be a short-term thing. Um, and I hope it, I hope it is. And obviously I pray that it is for his sake, because this is a 60 year guy. He wanted to finish out this year in style in some way, shape or form. And for himself personally, that probably will not happen if it's a, if it's a season ending injury. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers with us. I mentioned it, Xavier Johnson too. And, you know, they talk about how he's rehabbing to try to get back. Uh, any thoughts from Mike Woodson or anybody you've heard from as far as the expectation or lack thereof, Don, I guess as well, they may have regarding his return. Yeah, I mean, again, we're, we're talking about speculation and, and there's no reason to speculate at this point. I, I don't think it's going to be – I think there's a good possibility that he could be back this year. Uh, but at what point in time that is and, you know, what kind of shape he can be in and all that kind of stuff, uh, I just can't tell you. But at this juncture, I do think there's a belief that he could be back yet this year. Hey, Don, I know uh, Trace hung in there. He had 30, but you could tell in that second half that lower back situation affected him. And I, I thought, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I thought you could tell that a little bit of what normally is his athleticism was zapped. He wasn't as, as, as getting up uh, as much as we normally see him doing. Was there any effect you saw toward the end of that game? I know he kind of reached for it a couple of different times, but that, to me, at least from what I saw, was the extent of it. Yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, to know today is probably the day he's going to really feel it. If in fact it was a big issue last night, uh, my my thing uh, about his performance last night was he played uh, thirty eight, almost thirty eight and a half minutes of the ball game out of the forty right. minute ball game, and he hadn't practiced, but only maybe two or three practices leading up to that point uh, through the holidays. He just he was not able to do so. Uh, they just wanted to rest him and be very cautionary with him and all those kinds of things through that two-week period that they didn't play. And, of course, he missed the two ball games against Elon and Kennesaw State prior to that. So it's basically he had probably basically two and a half weeks of rest before he started practicing again and then only had two or three practices before he played that ball game. And for him to play like he did and to get 30 points like he did that was some performance, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's a kid gutting it out, doing exactly everything that he possibly can to help Indiana win. And Mike said he tried to take him out of the game in the second half, and he said he wouldn't come out. He said, I want to be a part of this. He wanted to try to get the win. And, you know, that's, that's telling you something about the kid. Yeah, and the other part of it was, I, I think Mike told you before the game, did he not, that – that he was going to – they were really going to eyeball and monitor his minutes. And, yeah, he didn't want to come out. They put him out there for 38 because that was an important game. And they're all absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, it's a long season, but that was an important game. Not often, Don, do you get up 21 at Carver-Hawkeye or much less anywhere else on the road in the Big Ten. And it is so incredibly disappointing. And I know it was early, but so disappointing they were not able to close that out because you don't often get set up in a situation like that. No, you don't. Uh, and Indiana, of course, played so well in the first 10 minutes of that ball game. I mean, really, as good as we played, uh, as good as Indiana has played offensively this year, uh, in my opinion. I mean, against a, decent, a really good basketball team. So, you know, uh, it, it's so disappointing that he couldn't hang on. And, and in essence, it was a very similar performance to last year. They got up big in the first half last year, not quite to the degree that they did this time. But then they let a seven-point halftime lead slip out of their hands, and Iowa kind of controlled the rest of the ballgame last year. 
In this particular case, Indiana did come back and got a six-point lead, I think, with maybe just over three minutes to go in the, in the final half, but they just couldn't hang on to it. And uh, that, that's what's disappointing. They couldn't finish it out. There's no question that Race's uh, ability in the first half was a big reason why Chris Murray didn't get off. He had nine first-half points, which is not bad. But at the same time, it was just kind of his average at best. Uh, and then the second half, he just went nuts, and he knocked in 21 points. So uh, without Race in there, and that's who was guarding him most of the time, uh, they just didn't have an answer for that guy. And uh, I, I think the, the concerning thing right now for this Indiana basketball team, aside from the injuries, and that's a, a big concern to say the least, but the big question mark is what has happened to this defense? Why has it allowed so many easy baskets, especially in the second half of this one? There were so many drives right to the basket itself. And the defense is just breaking down now. And, and the offense still played well in the second half, certainly well enough to win the ball game, to score 89 points. You had to be playing well. But at the same time, the defense has just given up way too many points. And in every one of these losses, it's been the defensive problems that have really plagued this team. I'm assuming things are going to change just by obviously virtue of Race Thompson's injury and still dealing with Xavier Johnson's injury. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Trace is able to sustain here. I think last night, eight players played, I think, got off the bench and played. Is Mike Woodson going to have to go a little bit deeper, you think, and maybe form a little bit more trust in guys that maybe going in, for example, Don, last night you didn't have? Well, if, if Race is out, and X is out, obviously. Um, and we don't know what Trace's situation could be. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to have to get off that bench. And we're talking about Geronimo. We're talking about uh, Malik Renew. He's got to find his way again after starting yeah. out the year so positively and so strong. Um, he's lost a little confidence, it appears to me. And then Logan Duncombe, who has not had a lot of playing time, but every time he's been put in the game, He's actually performed pretty well, and he just didn't get an opportunity, and he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities in these big games, which you just kind of like to see what he could do in, in a game like that. So we're going to have plenty of opportunity if Trace is out to, to probably see him and Malik both and, and Jordan Geronimo. Those three guys are going to have to step up. And another guy that uh, I think has got a chance to be a factor at some point if he can, uh, yeah, because he's a freshman, he's learning, he's still figuring it out. Um, and the system is obviously different for him, and he hasn't had as much playing time as the rest, is Caleb Banks. I mean, he's a 6'8 athlete. He's probably one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete, along with Geronimo on this team. And he can knock down shots. I've seen him do that in practice. I've seen him do it a couple of times in ball games. Um, he just doesn't seem to be as comfortable in the offensive sets and everything that Mike has for them at this juncture. But right now, it's every man on deck because this team right now is hurting puppy. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What do you think of Jalen Hood Shafino last night? 21 points, shot the three really well. I thought, Don, he showed us a lot of the signs and reasons why everybody was excited when he landed on campus in the first place. Well, you know what? He's done that for three straight games now. I mean, he had 17, 18, and 21 in the last three ball games. Now, granted, it was against lesser competition in the previous two prior to last night. But this guy is coming on. Um, he, of course, was he sat out three or four ball games too uh, because of a back problem earlier on uh, that we found out that he had some of that same kind of a problem in high school. 
but apparently that settled down and he's able to perform and you just hope that he can hang in there too. But he was terrific last night. He had nine assists. He shot the three ball terrifically well. Um, he ran the offense. He had some dramatically good uh, passes in the first half when the offense was really clicking and everything was going Indiana's way. Uh, I, I just I, I love his demeanor on the court. Uh, he, he just has a calmness about him. Um, and, you know, he's a freshman, so he's not trying to lead as vocally as you would uh, perhaps anticipate that he could. I think he can. He's going to have to because, without doubt, uh, at the point guard position, he is the key guy right now. All right, Northwestern coming up at noon on Sunday. Well, the Western's kind of found it a little bit right here. And what else they have found, they've got a lineup of been there, done that type of dudes that are able to score. They, they've got a garden variety or more than that, I think, of those type of guys. Well, Chase Adige and Boo Booey are two guys that have been there a couple of years now. Booey's been there longer than that. Uh, these guys are good players. Uh, they've got a nice cast around them that understands their roles. Chris Collins does a great job of getting these guys to buy into what he wants them to do. Um, and they're playing some of their best basketball now. <laughs> and they knocked off their arch rival in their last outing. The Fighting Illini of Illinois, who was, you know, after the first few ball games of the season, they looked like they were going to be a top five team all year. And they were able to knock, uh, Northwestern was able to knock them off in their rivalry ball game the other night. So this is going to, this is going to be another challenge. And then you got Penn State on the road after that next week and, and Wisconsin come to town. So I'm telling you right now, it, it's a grind in the Big Ten when you start Big Ten play. And with the injury problems that Indiana's got, this could be a real disaster time for this program if, uh, yeah. if Indiana can't somehow respond. No doubt. And just last night in a, in a thumbnail sketch, Don, I, I thought you, Purdue was the game prior. And, man, Ohio State looked good at home, great environment. They were hitting everything. And then Purdue survived and grinded it out and got the win. And that's just the type of thing. And, and hopefully this is not one you think back could have, should have, would have for IU because it was, it was, you know, there. Even with the injuries, it was there, and they were unable to close it on the road in that situation. And, you know, you kind of saw Purdue do that as well. I mean, Purdue got through it last night, and those at the end of a Big Ten season can be the difference between really doing something and being something special and having to make up for a lot of lost time there. And I think we saw it in two different examples at 7 and at 9 last night. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, there's no question about that. And that's that's where this team is at right now. And Mike lamented last year a lot that they they didn't close games, that there were a lot of games that they had right there in their palm uh, and couldn't let, get it done. They've had big big leads and contests, obviously, last year against Wisconsin up there. They were up like 21 or 22 points in the first half. Uh, and I think at the half they were leading by 17. They kind of let a couple of baskets get away from them or defensive plays get away from them. But I'm telling you, there is nobody in this league you could take lightly. There simply is not a right. bad team in this program, in this Big Ten, I should say. And uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a big challenge, especially now with the injury issues that Indiana's dealing with. No doubt about that. All right. Hey, I'm going to let you get off here because it seems like you, you may want to hit the sack tonight at about 7. All right? Just get some of that sleep back. <laughs> I, I, I never go to bed at 7, John. I, I've got to go to bed when I can actually fall asleep. I'll hit my brain <laughs> still going on too strong. I'll, have to, I'll be up till about 11, just like I always am. 
Hey, I saw. Yeah, it was, it was a good. Now, does John Herrick go on the road with you guys? Was he there last night? No, he does not. He does not go on the road. That's inside baseball. You had to bring it up, and so now we got to explain it to oh, everybody. Oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. Ah, <laughs> I suck. No, dang no it. John does, John does not go on the road. Joe Smith didn't either the last uh, two right. or three years either. So we – it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a problem in the sense of travel and that kind of stuff and and we are able to do it this way and it works out pretty well. John, of course, does all the home games with us and of course he travels in the football season, but not in basketball. Well, you know, it's funny too. I saw our our friend and your engineer Jake Robinson. He was all you know mic'd up and I know he's conversing with you guys and you know they're uh, the Carousel's radio network folks as well. But I thought it, maybe he was adding a little bit of analysis in your ear last night. He was doing a lot of a lot of talking when I saw him a couple of different times down there. Was he giving you guys giving you guys a little analysis work last night? Uh, occasionally he throws in a couple of things. He, he lets me know that I made a mistake here or a mistake there. He's, he's kind of the, he's the, that devil on the left side of my shoulder that I don't know I get to hear from every now and then. He definitely is that. There's no doubt. But man, he is he's really good at what he does. Always has oh, been. Don, have a fantastic weekend. We'll be listening coming up for that Northwestern game on Sunday. Thank you. John, thanks for having me, buddy. See ya. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, last night. We'll find out a little bit more regarding that Fran McCaffrey stuff and then obviously uh, the injury situation with uh, Race Thompson from last night, too. A great week with all of you here. I'm still going to be talking. We've got Colts Happy Hour coming up on the other side. But for the show, I've got a bail. We're going to start giving away tickets to the Texans-Colts game, courtesy of Bud Light on a Blue Friday. We still have time for you. I'm going to be here. Twin Peaks. I-69 and 82nd Street. It's been glorious to see you. James going to hang in there as well. And remember, by the way, tomorrow night, JMV Takeover, B105.7 begins at 6 p.m. until midnight. But up next, it is Colts Happy Hour, followed by Pacer Hoopage. I'll be right here with you. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Don't go anywhere.